Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. Before I introduce episode 24, I want to tell you that on the 1st of May 2019, I will be celebrating my first business anniversary. Hooray! I'm going to be celebrating with guess what? A live podcast episode! I need to get some of those fake cheering sounds on my um, garage band um, for future reference, but... I am having a first anniversary celebration at Benk and Bow, which is right around the corner from Allgate Station uh, on many TFL lines. And I am going to be having a bit of a monologue. Previous guests will be in attendance asking me questions. And then I'm going to be getting into a deep conversation with none other than Jessica Huey, MBE, Hay House author, PR guru extraordinaire, about purpose we are going to be talking all things purpose and all things jessica huey not her roles not her titles not all the cool stuff that she does all over the place we're going to be talking about jessica huey the person behind the brands so if you'd like to come head over to my website www.live360.com information is there and I am linking information in the show notes I would absolutely love to see you um yeah so check it out tickets are 20 quid um I would love to be able to do it for free but I'm a company of one and I just can't afford it so uh 20 quid um you're gonna have a beautiful evening we're gonna share time together and do lots of talking um yeah now on to the episode welcome to episode 24 i am joined by my darling darling friend danae dade oh we have such a lovely conversation i love danae i could chat to her all day and she was one of the first people no she was the first person that said um something about what was it um alignment over hustle and i was like yes girl I'm moving on slightly. Danae is one of those people. She just magically pops into my WhatsApp at the right time with the right message. So when I'm feeling really funky, she just says something that lifts that funk. And if I'm feeling really joyous and curious and excited, she somehow knows and sends me a little something, something. Um, And I just really adore chatting to her. Danae is a vegan caterer and baker extraordinaire. She does all the catering for my everyday joy retreats. Next one is on the 8th of June. I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to come along. Um, In this conversation, Danae talks about using food as a pathway to joy. She also talks about her passion for serving plant-based realness to the masses and how she uses food as a means to try and reverse some of the damage we're inflicting on our planet, one plate at a time. Um, And I think the fact that the vast majority of Danae's customers, for her supper clubs at least, are non-vegan, says a lot about the work she's doing and how she's able to have an influence without being judgmental um, and enabling people to see that it is possible to change your diet and be more caring for the planet one plate at a time. Uh, We talk about the universe at times jolting us towards our calling and the fact that we don't mind learning in public. This is our preference rather than waiting and seeking this mythical perfection, which just means it ain't going to happen. And Danae talks about choosing analogue experiences over digital. It's a wide-ranging, interesting conversation, and Danae makes some cool book recommendations at the end of the show. Sorry, this whole intro has been really long. Soz, I've just got so much to say. Enjoy the episode. I am delighted to have this lovely lady, Danae Dade, head honcho, chief cook in charge of the v spot and cookie and biscuit 
join me for a conversation about all things food, food being medicine, and food leading her to discovering her currency for joy. I absolutely adore Danae. Um, She came into my consciousness, she was introduced to me via one of my dearest friends, and um, she's just a magical fairy. And even when our conversations are about us being stuck in Shitsville or wherever it is we think we are, I always come away feeling refreshed and like my feet are on the ground and gently powerful. I hope we can create that in this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to the lady herself. Hey, Danae. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you well, are. Wherever it is. How are you? Wherever it is. I'm doing well. Yeah, doing well. Thank you for joining Just, me. Uh, you're so welcome. Uh, just climbing out of the fog that is Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, fired up for 2019 now. So yeah. Lovely. Lovely. So Danae, for mm-hmm. people that haven't had the pleasure of coming across you, or for people that may have seen you on socials, but not interacted that much, please could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? I run a vegan baking company called Cookie and Biscuit. And also a vegan catering company called The V-Spot. Um, I am a mom of two. Uh, Frankie is going to be seven and Bowie just turned three. So life is pretty full on at the moment, but I am just enjoying the ride and taking things as they come and really just trying to live for the moment because mm-hmm. that's all we really have, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Yeah. So what led you to food? Because previously, ah, actually, when I first became aware of you, you were working in fashion. Yes, I am. I love shoes. I um, (laughs) worked in footwear for about 10 years. I was um, in wholesale. Well, first I started in retail and then moved over to the wholesale side and then did a bit of brand management um, for brands such as Camper, Fred Perry, um, and United Nude here in the UK. But then in 2016, I was made redundant while I was on maternity leave. And I was, um, but at the time I had already had cookie and biscuit. I was doing it on the side, um, because I really love baking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing supper clubs with my friends, um, not for profit, just, you know, as a community thing, um, for, since I was probably 11 years old. So, um, food's always been a huge part of my life and getting people together to share food has been, um, vital to, <laughs> to my survival. Basically. I know it sounds, sounds a bit dramatic, but it has been, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I started, um, my career in footwear and just traveling the world, traveling all over the United States. It was amazing. But after I, when I was made redundant, I was going on interviews and, you know, I was just like, some of them were going really, really well. And I'd get to the final, like, you know, there's two people up, up for the, for the role. I'm one of them. And then I would go to the other person. And then I would have interviews where that were, oh goodness, Tammy, I had this one interview. I blacked out. The man was asking me the most simple questions about retail, about wholesale, you know, just like questions that I should know backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And I was spewing such nonsense. I have no idea what happened. I cried the entire way home. Obviously I knew I bombed that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that one, but it was such a visceral physical, emotional, like, oh, like, oh God, it just Mm -hmm. tore me down. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I just got home and my eyes were all puffy. Um, you know, I had like the full on Kim Kardashian, ugly cry the whole way home, (laughs) did not care who saw me, got home. And I, you know, I looked at, um, I must've picked up my phone, looked at social media and, um, on my cookie and biscuit page. And I was just like, you know what? I got a job. I got a job. Hello. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like putting myself out there to the wolves, trying to like. That fit blackout into this was box. the universe giving you a prod. Oh, it was not a, a prod, girl. It was a punch <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Punched me dead in the nose. Um, 
And so from there, I was like, okay, what else can I do? Because baking cakes is wonderful, and mm-hmm. I was doing brownies and biscuits and all sorts of things, and that's that was great. Um, but I was like, I miss the community. Mm-hmm. I miss being out there talking to people and savory food and, um, and you know, just having a meal and everyone sitting down and enjoying it together. And uh, so, yeah, I started the V-Spot. And our first supper club was in October 2016 um, at this little cafe in West Norwood. And it was um, a month after my twin brother had passed away. Mm. So it was like a very, very crazy time um, emotionally in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never had anyone um, that was close to that, obviously that close to me, um, mm-hmm. pass away. But um, so just dealing with death. For the first, I wouldn't say the first time, but the first time where I felt like it really impacted my life yeah. in such, and I was so far away because my family lives um, in Pennsylvania, um, in New York, I'm oh, sorry, Pennsylvania in the States. And um, so being so far away, but knowing that I had to push forward mm-hmm. and I had to go on with this, with this vision and I'm so glad I did. I mean, the first one was definitely a bit rough around the edges, and but I did it, and yeah. I'm proud of myself. And every step of the way, I've been learning more and just adding to my little toolkit mm-hmm. of um, of surprises. So yeah, it's been it's been a journey, but it's been one that I wouldn't have made any other choices. You know, I'm glad I made the mistakes that I did, and I'm glad I'm still standing to tell to tell mm-hmm, the tale, mm-hmm. basically. I love that because yeah. we often think that things need to be perfect. Not around, not around here. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what I was about to say because one of the things that has been really freeing for me is that I don't mind learning in public. Yep. Whereas a lot of people want to do all of the learning, then present what they think is a perfect package. Um, and, and I found that I have learned more and have connected on a deeper level with people because I'm evolving on spec and I'm, I wouldn't say happy, but I'm, I don't feel totally disrupted by saying this is good enough. I'm going to share and refine as I go along. I feel exactly the same way because trying to get everything perfect meant that nothing was getting done mm-hmm. and I wasn't bringing in any money for the family. I wasn't doing what I had set out to do. There's, you know, there's been times like, obviously, um, there's been times where I've, I've had self doubt and it's, it's been crippling mm-hmm. and, but you have to, you have to know that there's no such thing as perfect exactly. and you could be striving for something that doesn't exist instead of focusing on what you have right now. Mm-hmm. And, who made up these damn rules? Whoever it is needs a good shake. Right? Really. Who made up these rules? Like, yeah. I can do what I want. And, yeah. like, just because I'm not, you know, because there was, like, this whole thing where, you know, um, I was doing these supper clubs, and then you got you got to do the social media, and then you got to do this. And then, you know, I'm posting recipes, and then I'm like, do I need a YouTube channel? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I need a YouTube channel, and I need cameras, and I need this, and I need that. And I'm like. I don't want to do a YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, I just feel like even though I went to film school and I love documentaries and like, that's, you know, that's what I was, I'm supposed to be like, that's what I thought I was going to be doing with my life. I don't want to, I don't feel like I need to have a YouTube channel for my recipes. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Cause there's plenty of really great content out yeah. there. Yeah. I want real life connections with yeah. people. And, um, so yeah, it's, it, I'm just trying to cast myself out there to be in front of as many like people as possible with that, but not digitally. Like yeah. I think, and I think that's okay. Like I, not everyone has to be a YouTube star. No. And, um, and there's also, and you o- know, a danger okay of spreading yourself too thin and losing the potency of what you're doing. I'm not exactly. going to look for you on YouTube, but I am definitely waiting for a savory book. I'm definitely waiting for your book on sauces and relishes and dressings and all of that. So there's, and you know what as well, I think um, the people that are, the people that you seem to attract and the people that are connected to you, 
we are women who are at a stage of life where we have more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be sitting down following a YouTube cooking show? No, I don't think so. Probably not. I, I don't. Have I don't. <laughs> recipe book propped up because I am committed to living a healthier, more wholesome lifestyle. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to have your book and have you know messy fingerprints all over it because I've used it so much, rather than you in my YouTube subscribe list what, that I never keep up with. Right, and what if the internet goes down? Then what? Exactamundo, right? dude. So. <laughs> Exactamundo. We're giving so, so much to this this like this uh this force field that could shut down at any minute. Exactly. So yeah, let's keep exactly. it real, folks. Let's, let's keep, keep it real. It real and keep it simple. <laughs> all this complication. Yeah. So Danae, what led you to a vegan lifestyle? This is a very very good question because I. Grew up eating meat. Um, we had a very veg, I call it a veg centric household. Like my mom, she was, we always had loads of veggies. We always ate tons of vegetables and we'd have, you know, um, we'd have a bit of meat, but it wasn't, um, like the meat took up less space on our plate than the, than the veggies. And, um, but then, uh, when I was a teenager, my best friend, her and her mom were vegetarians. So they ate fish every once in a while, but mostly they didn't eat any chicken. They didn't eat any red meat. So mm-hmm. I started that, like I started on that path, vegetarianism. And then, um, and then I became pretty strict veggie. I mean, I'd still eat dairy, but, um, I wouldn't have like things like, I wouldn't have anything with gelatin in them. I wouldn't have any, you know, um, it was pretty strict. Um, and then I went back to eating meat because of a boy. <sighs> so silly. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he wasn't like, we weren't even dating. If you it's love like, me, I saw, you better eat steak. Yeah. It wasn't even like that. It was like, we were at this restaurant. It was a, it was a friend of mine. He was fine as hell though. It was a friend of mine. And, um, he, like I got the barbecue tofu and he got this filet mignon, like barbecue skewer thing. And the look on his face when he was eating it, I was just like, give me mm. that. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to give it to you. You're, you're vegetarian. Like, stop it. And I was like, give me that. And so, yeah. And then I went back to eating, eating meat, um, Mm -hmm. for a little while for about five years. Um, but I will say it was more, it was after Frankie was born and I just started paying, you know, what your kids like you, you'll treat your body like the biggest garbage disposal up until you have kids. And then you're like, Oh my goodness, I would never feed my children that poison. To this day, my kids have never had McDonald's and that's not like an elitist thing. That's Mm -hmm. not like, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone. It's just, I worked at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's no need, you know, in this day and age, there's so many other options. Mm -hmm. That's not one of our options. And I'm okay with that. But Mm -hmm. it's, um, it was just looking at where our food was coming from, reading more books about agriculture and industrialized farming, um, the chemicals that they put into our foods, just all these things started, you know, flashing in my brain. And we went, we moved back to the States in 2013 for about 11 months. And we lived, um, like in the Hudson Valley. So gorgeous, just outside of New York city. And, um, we lived, there was like local farms everywhere. We went to the farm to get our meat. We went, you know, to get all of our veggies. We were living a mostly paleo, I would say, mm-hmm. lifestyle at the time, like a bit of gluten here and there, but we were trying to clean it all up. Mm-hmm. And especially because all of the food was coming from within three miles of our house, Perfect. Um, you know, we felt good about the choices we were making. And then when we moved back to the UK, um, we, we were still eating meat a few times a week, but um, we were getting it from the butchers um, around the corner from us. And, you know, we were still thinking we were making all these ethical choices, but then when I got pregnant with Bowie, it was just like my body rejected everything. It only wanted greens. It only wanted veggies. It only, it did not, I could not even stand the sight of an egg, you know? Wow. So like it was really, um, yeah, I mean, I was pretty, I would say I was about 90% vegan, um, a year before I had him, but it was, you know, the occasional slice of cheese here or like you know, bite of a roast chicken there. But, um, yeah, it was really being pregnant with Bowie and 
he was just a green machine. All he wanted was greens. And I was cool with that because yeah. it meant like I had this cute little bump. I barely gained any weight. I was, my skin was glowing. Yeah. And we just carried that through. And the business was vegan already anyways. Um, so that made it easy to transition every, the, my whole life into that. And also just realizing the power of vegetables. They just make me feel really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel like I'm restricting anything um, when it comes to like my choices. Like we live in a, a, a land of abundance. We mm-hmm. can basically have anything we want either delivered to our house within 24 hours or even an hour, you know, like it just depends. But so there's no reason to feel like I needed to, to, to eat animal products anymore. And and you've also talked about um, cooking and being more interested in your food and your food journey and what it does for you being something that has, you've seen support mental health. Can Definitely. you tell us about that? I used to, yeah, of course. When I used to look down at my plate, you know, you, you, you get all excited. It's like, yeah, you just spent all this time making this lovely roast dinner and, um, or whatever you're eating at the time. But when you look down and there's just like, no, you know, it's all beige. Mm. There's a, you know, you might have a bit of green in there, but it's been overcooked and a bit sad. It's just on there <laughs> just so you could say you had some greens on there. And I just was craving more color and more vibrancy and more life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that by not only reducing and eventually eliminating the amount of meat and dairy in my diet, I was also opening up uh, just new ways to nourish myself mm-hmm. and clean, like cleaning out my system mm-hmm. um, of years of, I'm not going to get too much into it, but you know, what animals go through, it comes through us too. You know, it's just like the pain that they suffer at the end of their short lives. We're eating that pain, you know, and it's not, it's not something I felt um, aligned with. So um, by switching up my plate, and by trying new recipes, trying, um, new, um, you know, fruits and like jackfruit, who knew, who knew, um, you know, there's just like so many things I didn't even know existed. And that this world, like we are just abundantly like being, you know, we can just have anything we want. Yeah. Why not have things that make us feel alive and, um, you know, bring joy to our plates and have you feel lighter after mm-hmm. eating it. Mm-hmm. Like you feel nourished, you feel complete. Yeah. You know, you, that's how I feel about food. I know not everybody feels that way about food and some people do just eat to survive, but Hey, I love food. What can I say? <laughs> no, and, and you know what I, um, when you, when you talked about, um, the, um, vibrancy and, um, I think you said alive, I know for sure so Danae catered for my first retreat and she is catering for all of my retreats, please God. Um, when I, when I ate that food, well, firstly, I am now officially a kale convert because the way you prepared that kale and the way that I can now prepare kale, kale is life. But, um, the food, literally, I want my plate to be alive and vibrant because food is our ultimate medicine and I want to feel alive and vibrant. Now, I'm not vegan. I do eat meat. I did, I remember years ago, a friend of mine saying that she was no longer eating pork because she was watching something and she saw pigs and she just thought they're really, aside from the fact that they eat absolutely anything, what she was saying was they're really aggressive animals and she feels like by consuming um, their meat, she is consuming their energy, which is what what you just said. And that really dawned on me a couple of years ago. And I just thought, no, I I don't want this. And this year I thought to myself, I'm going to do the, because I was saying to you, I was going to do the vegan January thing. And I thought about it and I thought, I'm not going to partake in a fad. um, And I'm not saying that other people shouldn't do it. I'm not being critical of it. But for me, where I'm at right now is that I want to make slow, steady changes to my life that I can maintain. 
So I thought rather than doing the vegan January thing, I would um, make sure that um, I'm eating meat a maximum of three times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And the rest of the week would be vegetarian, vegan food. Um, And even with the meat dishes, there would be an array of vegetables so that my food is making me feel alive. Yeah. And And part of that journey, actually, um, I, I love your content because I come away from reading whether it's a blog post that you've written or a um, social media caption, I come away feeling um, really curious and really interested as opposed to a lot of what I see as sort of like vegan activism that I don't get a sense from you that you're shaming people for eating meat despite knowing what we know. There's no sort of evangelism. It's just pure joy. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. I ate meat for most of my life. So how can I sit back and tell someone like, you need to stop that right now and like smack the plate of food out of their hand. (laughs) And also, it's also, you have to do what, what is aligned with you. Yeah. You know, that's the only way that you're going to feel good and you'll be able to help other people feel good. Yeah. So, and veganism isn't for everyone. And before the vegan police are, you know, charging my house. It's not because, you know, there are, um, food deserts. There are, you know, it's a, it's an accessibility thing. Not everyone lives in the center of London where Mm -hmm. you can have, you know, whatever you want. Um, it also is, um, you know, it's cultural. Like some people, you know, they are very tied to their cultures and I'm not here to like try and wipe away anything with some new woohoo, like kale will save save everything. Mm -hmm. But it's also just, it's about, I I don't believe in pushing my ideas on people, Mm -hmm. um, about how I feel, um, about industrialized farming and, and the environment and climate change. And also just putting, you know, food in our body. It's the fuel that we put in our body. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one thing. Yeah. If you're going to have meat, just make sure it's the best quality that you can afford. Yeah. It's like, try to, and you know what, if you're, if you're used to buying the, you know, the cheap meat from the budgets around the corner or whatever, just, and you do that three or four times a week, just cut it back to two times a week and go to the butchers and get the best and you will actually enjoy it more. And each meal that you don't consume meat or dairy is a win for the planet. You know, every, every meal counts. So, um, all I, all I ask is that people actually enjoy the food that's in, don't take it for granted. Yeah. Just enjoy the food that's in front of you and try to fuel yourself up with the best quality you can, you can afford. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, cause there, there is no, there's no right. And I'm not here. Like I've had eating disorders. I've had, you know, I've had my own um, struggles with food. Mm -hmm. So I'm not here to tell, like, I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm here to share my journey and hopefully get people to eat more vegetables. Mm. If they go full on vegan, then yes. But if not, then that's cool too. Like, you know, like that's just, that's all right. My goal is to get people to eat more vegetables and to enjoy, enjoy the meal that's in front of them. Yeah. And, and I really love the way that you use food to foster a sense of community because you don't have to do supper clubs. There are other ways that you can share your message, sell your message, etc. Um, yeah. Organising supper clubs is a damn lot of work, you know. It's not just rock so and work. cook. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I know uh, Marsha, uh, Marsha Powell, even Grace, went to your Giving Thanks dinner and um, she was saying, like, not only did she feel physically full, um, which she was a bit nervous about because um, yeah. she was thinking, oh, my goodness, how is vegan food going to fill me up? But she also said just the sense of community, the different people that came together, the sharing, it was just a really beautiful experience. And that's uh, – I need to call her now because <laughs> exactly – because there were a few fumbles on the night, I will say, but – that's what happens. Yeah. You know, things happen in the kitchen. It's real time people. This is yeah. real life. Like, yeah. um, 
And I'm cool with that. It's like, I want people to feel like they're at my house. Mm-hmm. Obviously I cannot fit 20 people in my house. We always have to do it at a cafe, but I want, I wanted that sense of community mm-hmm. and I want people to share food and talk about food. And, and to be honest, I would say about 80% of, if not even more, but I'm being conservative here. 80% of my customers aren't vegan. 80% of my customers aren't even vegetarian. Wow. You know, they, some of them come because they're dragged along with their partner, but nobody leaves hungry, yeah. you know, and nobody leaves thinking like, or if they do, that's fine. That's fine. I know. <laughs> like I say, there is a chicken shop on every corner. Yes. Like, yes, not my problem. Yeah. But you know, it's like, all I ask is when you come into the space is just to sit down and enjoy chat with people, put your phones down, yes, be present. everyone have a good time. And I will do my best to make sure that everything tastes delicious. (laughs) And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I want people to feel like they're at, at my house for dinner, you know, as much as, as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So that means a lot that she, uh, that she, um, had that review. She she was really raving about it. Um, so you have been quite an active person. Um, thinking about all the things, you know, being in all the places, doing all the stuff. And food has led you on to quite a mindful journey um, where you are more open to, no, not open to, I wouldn't even say open to, where you have a really deep appreciation for slowing down and mindfulness. Could you tell us how your relationship with food led to you becoming more grounded, centered, mindful, all those lovely gushy words. Ah, love it. Um, so when you have a, a corporate job or when you work for someone else, your whole work life is structured based on, you know, their schedules. Obviously it's a pretty communal schedule. It's like usually nine to five or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you start working for yourself, doing something that you love, it can get real tricky real quick. Mm -hmm. If you're not like, you know, if you're not, um, I am a self motivator and I always went in, I had my to do list. I, you know, I got things done. My bosses were awesome. They just let me crack on with what I needed to do. So I, I had a very like self-employed corporate kind of like feeling when I was working. Mm-hmm. But when it goes on to your own self and you're like, Oh my goodness, if I want to eat this month, I got to do all these things. Mm-hmm. I've got to make sure the house is still tidy. The kids are still alive. Like all of these things fall on you because you're either working from home or you're working close to home. And, um, I just needed an outlet really. Yeah. It, it was it, the food at first, the food was my outlet when I was working and then when the food became my full time job, I needed something else to, you know, to take me out of that. Yeah. And, um, and I started, it wasn't just that, like I had some personal things, um, crop up. Like, obviously I didn't deal with the death of my brother, um, very well. Um, cause we all grieve differently mm-hmm. and I had no, I, I'm not very good at grieving. Mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate in my life that most of the times I was just grieving over boys that I didn't need to be grieving over, but you know what I mean? Like not real time stuff, Mm -hmm. um, like real life stuff. And, um, so I needed, and, and just personally, like obviously self doubt comes creeping in. All of these demons come out when you try to live your best life. You know, anytime you're trying to thrive, there'll, the, 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 there'll be some haters and sometimes those haters are within you. So I needed something that was going to quiet the haters and make me, and make the cheerleaders come out. Mm. And I started and meditating. Yourself, sorry, is, is really a place where all of those things can fester and come out because you don't have the boundaries and the parameters of your job description and your check-ins and appraisals and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it was a lot harder. I thought I was going to, I thought I was like, Oh, I'm free as a bird. And yeah. I'm like, I am a, lost as a bird. Well, like, listen, I don't know freedom what comes is responsibility. So much. But as, mm. as we were saying earlier, you know, I wasn't, I didn't set out to be perfect. I set out to be a work in progress mm-hmm. and learn as I go and not let things try to remove the restrictions, yeah. you know, that, that I had in my mind. So 
I started meditating, um, started off with guided meditations. Obviously YouTube has some great ones. Um, and at first I was just like, am I doing this right? Is this what it is? I keep falling asleep. I'm, I'm a failure at meditating. And then you know what? I just stopped one day and I, and I couldn't remember what my last thought was. Wow. And I was like, did I just meditate? Did I just do that? Like, did I just really clear, clear the room? Yeah. And then I started, um, taking like, obviously reading. Um, there's so many great books about meditation and how to do it or how to make your practice. It's your practice. It's all about how you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do it upside down, if you want to do it standing up, if you want to do it, like, hugging a tree. It does not, if you want to do it lying down, if you fall asleep, it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Because subconsciously you're allowing yourself the space to just go quiet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you just have to, I, the way that worked best for me to kind of build up my meditation muscle is just finding small moments during the day, walking down the street and just like staring at a tree. Mm-hmm. And just taking a few deep breaths, not thinking about the bills, not thinking about what's happening in five minutes, not even thinking about what's going to happen in one minute, mm-hmm. just being in the moment. And, um, and then I started to realize that I had been meditating pretty much my whole life. Like I've been daydreaming. I, one of my favorite things, um, maybe that's a funny thing to say, <laughs> maybe not one of my favorite things. One of the things I like to do when things get a bit too much is just literally just stare at a wall. Like I would go in my room and I remember doing this from a young age. You know, Mm -hmm. my brothers would be driving me crazy or my mom would be yelling about the dishes and I would just go in my room and stare at the wall. And yes, some thoughts would come and go and I daydream a bit, but it was removing me from the outside, you know, all the outside stimuli and just focusing Mm -hmm. on one point and and that be it. And so once I realized that I've been doing this for a while, I started, I was like, Oh, I got these muscles. It's just like riding a bike. You just get back on and go a bit farther each time, you know? And, um, and I found that just, yeah, breath work and just slowing down mm-hmm. meant that I could accomplish more during the day. Instead of looking at my to-do list and being absolutely frazzled and being like, how am I going to get all this done? Just break it down in little chunks put some five minute like breaks in there Mm -hmm. and just get on with it. You know, just let it flow. Just like be like a river Mm -hmm. where all the branches and all of the rocks and everything just kind of flow. They're there. They're always going to be there. There's always going to be obstacles, but just be the water that just flows around them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's just how, I mean, it's not like that all the time, but I try, that is the vision in my head. I always Mm -hmm. try to get to, it's just like, having the water like rushing through me around me and we're just getting there. We're just floating mm. and we're getting there. I love the fact that you call it a muscle and that you've likened it to, you know, water because, um, there was a, a day a couple of weeks ago that I called my friend and said, um, for the first time, I I meditated. I set my alarm for two minutes. I went to this meditation workshop and this meditation master was saying to me that, you know, um, our brains are trained to be distracted. We live in a really distracted world. And she said, just look for the seconds. Um, And she talked about it being a practice. And her analogy just made me think, Yes, totally. I've been thinking about it. No, not that I, I, I was thinking about it, but I wasn't feeling. I wasn't connecting the thoughts to the feeling, to the action. Um, and when she said that, I thought, it's true. Like, Anthony Joshua didn't just wake up a world-class boxer, champion of the world. He practised. And I had a days and days, um, consecutive days and days, where um, I was listening to guided meditations And I meditated without a guide, set my alarm for two minutes. Thoughts did come, but I wasn't fighting with them. They they disappeared as quickly as they came. And then I had that moment of a blank. Then all of a sudden the alarm was going off. And I literally felt like it had been like 15 seconds, but it had been two minutes. I didn't have the absence of thoughts or I didn't have the meditative full experience for the full two minutes but there was a serious chunk of time where I was enjoying it I wasn't wrestling with myself and I was like oh my goodness this is magical 
And what you're saying about the muscle, the trick is to keep on doing it and to practice because life is not insta. If you want to master anything, you need to practice. And I think sometimes we give up on ourselves and we don't give ourselves a chance because we don't give ourselves enough time to practice. We want to be experts straight away. Yeah. But you, you, you spent your whole life in this body mm-hmm. and like training it to do certain things and to respond a certain way. It's going to take time to like reprogram, yeah. you know? And yeah. one of the things I can't remember exactly what book it's from, um, or maybe it was a podcast. Honestly, I can't remember. I've been consuming so much recently, mm-hmm. but this was about, this was about a year ago. One of the, in the beginning of my, um, like major kind of reprogramming, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the quote said something about the magic happens in the space in between our thoughts. Mm. So the more time you can allow between thoughts, then that's like, that's where your aha moments will come from. That's where all your great ideas, all of your true capabilities will come out in that space in between thoughts, Mm -hmm. because we're not thinking about the things, well, we're not always thinking about the things that are going to make our lives um, fuller and more enriched. We're thinking about the things that Oh, the laundry needs to get done. I got to oh, pick up yeah. so-and-so after school. I got to yeah. do this. I got to do, you're thinking about all the things that you have to do. You're not thinking about the things that you're doing yeah. in, in this moment or creating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could be missing so many ideas or, you know, it, or it's that, that sensation. Well, it's on the tip of my tongue. Go yes. quiet. The tip of your tongue will fall right out of your mouth. You just <laughs> yeah. go quiet. Yeah for a second. Yeah. And that's where you'll find the joy. And it, and I, like we said earlier, um, when we were chatting earlier, it's like those silences, that's your ideas will come from that. And your joy will come from that because yes. that's your true, um, you know, that's your, that's your true self talking yes. to you. But if your conscious self is shouting over everything else, you're never going to, you're never going to hear your true self Mm -hmm. and what you really want to do. And you're just going to go through this life bird box style with the, with your, you know, your mask on your eyes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just following the path that everyone else is telling you to do. And I mean, unless that, unless that path is what you want, I'm not here to tell anyone, you know, what's right or what's wrong, but just listen, just listen a bit more to your heart because Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised you know, I thought I was going to be at this time in my career, I thought I was going to be, you know, brand manager of a, you know, global company and just boss lady, you know, running around in my high heels. And it's just (laughs) like, I, but to be honest, I never saw anything past that. I never saw, it's just like, there's only so high you can go in that industry. And I never saw myself as like truly helping people. Yes. I can, you know, I can help you find the perfect shoe for the perfect dress, but it's not really helping you, you know, (laughs) like like really influencing and helping people. Um, I wasn't going to find it there. So I'm really happy that the universe punched me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) It's sometimes we need those punches because otherwise we would just be mindfully drifting and wondering why we're not feeling fulfilled. You know, and it's, I'm happy that you brought that up because I was reading, um, I found some old journals of mine from when I was a teenager and I, what I was presenting to the world was not what was going on inside of my, inside of my, um, heart. I was, um, I was, I was extremely depressed. Um, I had an eating disorder. I didn't like myself, but on the outside, I, I pushed all this into this this funny energy of like being super outgoing, but a bit bitchy. Mm -hmm. I will say I was a bit bitchy. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't the kindest person, but I, but I had my moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just a people, I was a people pleaser, but also very selfish. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. I have no idea. I was just a, I was a hot mess in my brain and (laughs) I couldn't figure out. I could not figure out like why I didn't have like, 
you know, all my friends had boyfriends for like years, you know, I'd have like a boyfriend for like a week. I couldn't figure I just wanted someone to Delay, love me. This is my life. Because that bullshit that we push down and bury just hemorrhages and leaks all over the place. It was ridiculous. I'm looking back and I was just like, girl, I want to hug you and Aww. tell you that everything's going to be okay. And Man. But also just like, stop talking to yourself like this. Oh, <laughs> because you are pushing the love away. Game no one's got- changer. I mean, RuPaul is not just a gay icon. Like, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? And how how the hell is anyone going to love you, you know? so How are you going to let them? How are you exactly. going to let them? I, uh, there was no way. is so polished and the fortress walls are so high. How it, the hell? I was just letting in any rugrats, I tell you. Until I met my husband, mm-hmm. I was just... Yeah, I was just getting by, <laughs> and it wasn't even that good. Like, <laughs> goodness, it was sad. But so that anyway, shit but was the greatest fertilizer. Go, yeah, exactly. As soon as I let go, I remember the exact night I met my husband. I mean, we didn't date for another three years after the night we met, mm-hmm. but that just shows you how powerful the goddamn universe is. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting dressed. We were in Vegas and I was there for work and I was getting dressed to go out with my girls. We were going out. It was our night out. Um, we were there cause we were working every mm-hmm. day. So it was our one night we could go out and I was like, I'm going to put on this outfit. I'm not going to go into it cause it will probably be made into a book one day. So I'm not going <laughs> to do all the juice, but basically I let go. I was just like, I'm not going out. I'm not getting dressed for no man. I'm not trying to meet anyone like that ship has sailed. Yeah. You know, I'm just literally going out. They had a reggae, reggae night on. We were just going to, go and just, you know, shake our little 27 year old firm asses, like mm-hmm. as hey, you do. High and right? round. And I just looked over and I saw him sitting there with, because it was a work thing and it was a bunch of shoe brands in town for this convention. I kind of knew the people that he was with mm-hmm. from the brand that he was working with, but you would have thought they were my, my best cousins, friends. my best friends. <laughs> I walked up, I saw this fine man sitting there on his phone and I walked up to the girl next to him and I, I don't even remember her name oh i was just God. like hey oh my goodness it's so good to see you and like wiggled my little firm butt right in between them and i was like oh hi i'm danae no idea what i said to him but it obviously left a good impression Indeed. um <laughs> and here we are two kids 10 years later like yeah. yeah so as soon as you let go magic happens Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, letting go is very daunting because you get used to, it's amazing how much pain you can tolerate holding on. You're holding on to this rope so tight, it's cutting and burning your hand and you're still holding on. And it just takes one little thing. You know, there are lots of things bubbling away, but there's one thing that breaks the camel's back or whatever. And when you let go, you're like, fucking hell. Yeah. What a beautiful place this is. I've I've opened the curtain. Yeah. It's just and it's just that one moment. It's yeah. not like it was that one decision I made when I was getting ready that night. I never wear lipstick. I put on lipstick. I was just like, yes, today. Uh, I was feeling myself. Yeah. And I think that was where it came from, is because I I spent so long not feeling myself. I was trying to feel some girl I thought I was supposed to be. But that night I was feeling myself and I am not ashamed to admit it. And, um, and even though, you know, I I met him that night and then he left, he got up and left, um, because he was not in a position to be courting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool, which is cool. Like respect, you Mm know? Um, and I went on with, you know, and I didn't, and normally that would have crushed me. Oh my goodness. That would have crushed me so hard. Like, why do I let strangers have so much en- like power over my energy? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I was just like, all right, girls, let's go, let's dance. And we yeah. got, we got our dance on and you know, the next day we got, we got to leave work early cause we were hungover. It was great. It was the best time. And I just didn't even think twice about it. And then he got in touch and then we became friends um, because he lived in London, I lived in New York and he was in a relationship and I soon after was in a relationship. So we just, we had so much in common that mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't feel right to just walk away. There, there was no way anyways. Yeah. It didn't, I, I couldn't even say it didn't feel right. Like the universe was not going to let this man it was out of my life. A friendship. 
Yeah. It yeah. just wasn't. Yeah. We were meant to, we were meant to meet. So, mm-hmm. um, and then everything kind of, I made better decisions after that. I had so much more confidence because I was just like, Oh shit, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> like me feeling myself did that. And, you know, and things got better, you know, like I got a, you know, I got a raise, like, th- like I was making good money. I, I had my life set or so I thought. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then, yeah. I'll save the rest for it. Reminds me of um, Nicola, Life More Inspired, her affirmation cards. One of the cards, one of the first cards I picked out of that pack that really was like, oh, in my chest was um, today I will be my own best friend. And in thinking about being my own best friend and thinking about how I try to champion my friends and, you know, don't let them talk trash about themselves and all that. I just thought, wow, I need to turn that inward and, and, and do that to myself. And with further work, I've just thought I need to parent myself. I need to give myself the love and the nourishment that I give my child so that she can be the best person she can be. Because what I was doing, this trash talk, just toxic talk to myself, didn't do anything for me you know um no it doesn't it doesn't so in in being able to create a space where I was feeling myself which comes and goes because there are sometimes I'm like oh you dickhead um but that doesn't last as long as it did previously it's so freeing yeah well and also you think of it if you think of yourself as your best friend sometimes your best friend gets on your damn nerves yeah, but oh, she's oh, still your best yeah, friend you right? <laughs> still love her yeah you still love her yeah. sometimes you need a you need a day off but yeah. like and that's okay. Yeah. Everything is okay. Yes. As long as you are breathing and you have the will, everything is okay. Absolutely. So in this tell moment. us, what sort of things do you read and listen to to help you maintain this space where you know as long as you're breathing and have the will, everything is okay? Um, well, I listen to loads of podcasts, obviously. I think that's, I think that's on everyone's, um, they're listening to your podcast now, so I'm sure they, everyone, um, can get down with that. Um, I listen to all different kinds of podcasts, actually. I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a science nerd, Mm -hmm. which is hard for me to admit because it it feels a bit imposter because I don't always understand what I'm listening to, Mm -hmm. but I'm so drawn to astrophysics yeah. <laughs> that like I listen to lots of science podcasts. Um, I also, but to get me for mindset, um, resetting, obviously Oprah, um, there was a seven, there's a, I have to find it on my new phone on my new pod bean or whatever, but there was an Apple podcast. It's like seven minutes daily. I used to listen to that every morning when I was in the shower and it was, um, it's just inspirational, talks mm-hmm. and they're only seven minutes. So it's like, everyone has time and, yep. it, and it's all just like, it's from different speakers all over the world. And I, I highly recommend that, um, just for a quick dose. Um, I was listening to manifestation, babe. Um, cause I do resonate with some of the things that Catherine says. Um, but I have to admit that sometimes her, her voice, um, I'd rather read her blog post to be honest. Um, but that's okay. That's just, that's just me. Um, but she is really good. Um, but also I, besides just like, um, meditations, um, I really like, I I really connect more with, uh, the written word. Mm -hmm. So books, um, regarding books, my biggest books of 2018 were the power of now Mm -hmm. by Eckhart Tolle which is, it's a bit heady. Like it, it definitely, it's not a quick read. Mm -hmm. It's something that you will revisit Mm -hmm. and, um, over and over again, but it's so good. It's so good for resetting and for you really digging deep and getting, um, even past the woohoo spiritualness of it. it. It's just, it's more about like, it's more about reprogramming Mm -hmm. your brain because we're just, we have it so backwards. And, um, and the way that he talks about, um, just dealing with pain and dealing with grief, dealing with illness 
um, just changing your mindset around all of these things, um, is, it's just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend reading that. I mean, you can get all these books on audible as well. I haven't read it yet because I know it's quite a big read. Um, and I'm doing too many things at the moment, but yeah. And then also, um, I wrote a whole list of books for you. So I was going to send them to you anyways. Um, but my computer died. Okay. So yes, also there is creative. This was my mom's book actually. Um, which is funny cause I'm, I'm, I'm now feeding back to her all of the things that she was reading when she was just a bit older than me right now. Wow. So it's, it's really funny how we, we Super work in those cool. circles. But, yeah. um, I remember seeing this book on her bookshelf and it's a yellow, it's a gradient from like blues to greens and it goes up to yellow and it, it's, from a young age just remember seeing this um and uh it's called creative visualization by shakti shakti gawain gawain or gawain i'm sorry if i'm completely butchering her name um so good it's you the tagline is use the power of your imagination to create what you want in life listen and it's going straight in my amazon cart straight because visualization is something that i have been doing and tapping into yeah. It's Alignment. really, really good. And it is an easy read and it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a beautiful book and it was written in 1995. So that it's like, yeah, it's been around for a bit. It's yeah. all, it's, it's really good. Yeah. And, um, what was the other one that I was reading that really kind of, um, well, yeah, the art of happiness. Um, what is, what is this one? Sorry, I'm just looking in my room right now. <laughs> there was one. Oh, it's called Oh Tim Parks Calm. This is where he went. Um, this journalist went to a silent retreat, and this was something I was just like, I could never do that. Oh god, I could never do that. Like silent for a week, where you can like you literally cannot talk until the last day, and mm-hmm. everyone's just sitting on uncomfortable cushions, you know, um, just meditating all day long. But there are some gems on just how how beneficial it is to go quiet. And obviously not everyone needs to do a week long silent treatment, but it, it definitely opened my mind to how important it is mm-hmm. to meditate and to go quiet. What's the name of and the book? How, it's called Calm by Tim Parks. Mm. Yeah, it's quite nice. Oh, um, I'll have a look at that. So, and then, you know, Sorry, go and on. then there's just like the, there's just like the the regular you know the alchemist and oh, Jen Sincero, um, the universe has your back by Gabby Bernstein, which I will admit I wasn't I was just like oh do I really need another you know like another life coach yeah. guru book telling me how to like basically just regurgitating all the things I already know yeah. over and over again, but I I found a. I found a YouTube, um, reading of, of the book before I bought it. And I couldn't, I was just like, okay, all right, Gabby, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. Like, I I listened to it on audio book. And at first I was like, Oh, here we go. But you know, I I continued listening. And, um, I know for me, like people say, Oh, um, you don't need to keep consuming, you need to apply the lessons. Yes, definitely. But I know that because I'm dealing with a default setting that has been there for so long, I do need the constant drip, drip, drip to keep me, you know, aligned. But with um, Gabby's um, The Universe Has Your Back, she does a lot of talk about judgment. I know she does her judgment detox and all of that. But that really, really, really helped me to understand because you know, I, I can be very judgmental and that's something Same. that I'm really actively, I have been really actively working on. And I do think that I'm much better than I was previously, but in listening to her, it really helped me to connect and understand that my judgment is practically entirely based on the parts of myself. I don't like hold that mirror up, Listen. you know, like, so you hold know, it up. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I was a, bitch like there was like me you know especially 
growing up in New York and you just sit around and you people watch and it's just, Oh, the things that, and you just think you're being funny in the moment. And it's just like cute and whatever you and your friends getting together, having a kiki and just like making fun of people. No, Danae. If that is it. what is fun, you've got to check yourself. You gotta check yourself. Yeah. And I'm saying that to myself. And it was because I wasn't happy with me. And here I am picking on this poor girl because she's wearing socks with sandals. <laughs> God, Danae, you bitch. Oh, <laughs> man. This self-awareness piece, right? really, really. But, you know, I guess that in doing this work, in having these realizations, you get to a point where you begin to accept yourself, warts and all. And it's, 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 it's awful when you have to admit to yourself the shit bits but it's really freeing as well. Once you, once your ego has gotten over being bruised, it's really, really freeing. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And now I catch myself. Like I'll be walking down the street and maybe I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll see like a mom and she's, I don't know, doing something questionable, yeah. whatever, but not my place to question. Yeah. And at first I could, I could feel it. I could be like, Oh, that child should be wearing a coat. Yeah. I feel like today. Not check your yourself. First yeah. of all, now I take a deep breath. I send love. Yes. Like I know it sounds really cheesy, no. but I'll take a deep breath and I just push the love out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I see you. I love you. And we got this kind of vibes because yeah. who knows? She probably had to get out to get the baby to the, the GP in time for the, for his appointment because he's like, whatever. And little miss didn't want to put on her jacket. So sometimes children, yes, it's cold outside, but sometimes children need to feel the consequences. And it's like, you can't, sometimes most of the time we don't know what the hell we're judging. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, now I, I catch myself. I don't let myself go down my my um old routines mm-hmm. of just completely making up a whole false story about mm-hmm. someone's whole damn life <laughs> why mm-hmm. am i wasting my time <laughs> and instead i just stop i check myself i give myself gratitude for you know just i forgive myself too because yeah. that's really important yeah and uh just move on yeah because that was one moment in time i try not to let things linger as much as they used to and just keep keep it moving keep exactly. it flowing exactly it's 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 not worth it it's not worth your energy and your time exactly it really isn't so Danae before we um wrap up do you have anything coming up that people need to know about book their place on engage with I do actually mm-hmm. um I am I mean I have to set dates so just the new website, I've made the big leap of separating Cookie and Biscuit and the V-Spot because wow. um, for the last two years, I've just had it on the same website because yeah. I was just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ready to take, take her out into the real world mm-hmm. um, her own domain. But now, now she's, you know, going into her third year. She needs her own space. Yes. She needs her own room. Yes. So we're go- I'm separating the websites and then um, I'm going to be doing a monthly pop-up supper club in Brixton at the Brixton Pound Cafe. Oh, there's a tube station. It's not there all is the southeast of where with overground and planes, trains and automobiles. We like it down here, right? <laughs> nice I like quiet. it there as well. I just wish TFL had tube stations there, that's all. I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, so we'll be in Brixton and it's like a two-minute walk from the station, so super easy Perfect. and loads of buses and things. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and then I have some other things coming up, but well, your retreat on the ninth, which hey. I'm super excited about. Um, so you'll have to sign up to the newsletter. Yeah. Um, so on my website right now, it's just cookieandbiscuit.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the new website will be the vspotcatering.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have, yeah, I'll be sending everything out and, um, yeah, one last thing, because yes. I forgot that one of the new podcasts, um, because I've been trying to, it, expand my horizon um is the food medic she has oh, an amazing I've, I've, I've podcast just come across that that's next up on my playlist brilliant She's so good so good um and just the topics that they cover it's just it's enlightening for anyone yeah i don't care what you eat listen to hazel's podcast because yeah. it's really really good yeah um 
but yes, uh, anything else coming so up? People should come to your website and sign up to your mailing list so they can find out about future things. I'll make sure that there are links in the show notes. Where can they find you? Where do you hang out on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. at Cookie and Biscuit UK and the V Spot UK. Um, and also, obviously, on Facebook. I'm going to be starting up a Facebook community. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, so still working on that. So still brand new, but it's coming in the next, hopefully next month or so. Um, just like a place for a safe space for people to ask, um, questions to get recipes and just, a um, a few fun challenges. I know everyone's challenge happy right now, so I'm going to wait until February and they're easy challenges. Um, but uh, yeah, just a little bit of fun just to build the community and get more people to eat their vegetables. Hey. I sound like my mother. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like all of our mothers, but yeah, I think yeah. that the intention and the understanding behind yours, not saying that they weren't, but I just, I, I just really love your message. Danae, Aww. thank you so very much. It's oh, been absolutely so beautiful spending time with you this morning. Indeed, same. And Love chatting with you. I'm looking forward to seeing all the new things. Please, God, universe, spirit, whatever ah! power you are, could you please make sure that Danae has a savoury recipe book this year and a dressing, sauces, all that good stuff recipe book this year because... I need that in my life. And I think that everybody else does. And so it is done. Amen. It's coming. I promise it's coming. It's coming. I'm working on it. Um, when I opened up my computer just now, the page for um, like the outline for mm-hmm. one of the books, it was already up on my Microsoft Word. So that. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It Good. just takes a lot more time than people think to put all these things together. But um, it is coming and I'm really excited because there's some really, oh, now I'm hungry because I keep looking at because <laughs> I'm really excited because there's some really good dishes that I think everyone will love no matter what your dietary needs are. Brilliant. So, That's brilliant. Danae, my gorgeous darling, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I look seeing you on the 9th of February at my retreat um, and hopefully elsewhere. Yes, definitely. Always good. Thank you, darling. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.